So we're up to Daf Ayin Amid Aleph. The last thing we said was the sheet of Rav Meir. Rav Meir's sheet is Mitzvah Kaim de Rameis. That it's a mitzvah to fulfill a person's last will and testament that they say on their deathbed. So how it was relevant was there was a brysa that talked about if a father said, I want to give my kids $100. But the, but the apotropis, the person in charge of the estate realizes they really need $200 a week. So Rameir said, you have to try to get into his mindset. Meaning, if he said to Nulahem, if he said give him $100, so then you could really give him $200. Because when he said give him $100, he didn't mean dafka 100. But if he said, only give him 100, then you can only give him 100. Even if they need 200, he doesn't want to give his kids what they need. That was Rameir Shita, because Rameir holds mitzvah l'kayim de So the Gemara says, Dafa'inam al-Alaf, amrachizam ar-ukva, hilchasa, what's the halacha? Bein sh'amru tnu, bein sh'amru al-titnu, no'islam kol tzarechem. Regardless of what he said, whether he said give him a hundred, or only give him a hundred, regardless, we give them what they need. Why? I, so again, so he says give my kids a hundred dollars a week. Regardless of whether he said give him a hundred dollars, only give him a hundred. Whatever his lashon is, if they need two hundred dollars a week, you give them two hundred dollars a week. I says the Gemara. Kaimalan halachik Rav Meir, the mitzvah kind of Rav Meir. So I thought we passed like Rav Meir that you're supposed to fulfill the words of this person on his deathbed. And on his deathbed, he said a hundred. So why are you giving him more than a hundred? The answer is, Hani mili mili achronisa, avu baha meinachnichalei, but damrahachilus arzinu huda asa. The answer is, we assume that a person really wants his kids to be taken care of financially. I, he said, meaning, so really his rut zone is for them to get enough money that they need. I, he said $100, and that doesn't cover it, so we should fulfill what he said and only give him 100 The answer is, he was just trying to make sure that they wouldn't become uh, complacent, right? He was afraid on his deathbed that his kids would just rely on his inheritance. So he wanted them to realize to try to get a job, to be mazaris them, to try to, you know, spur them on to get a job. But the truth is, really deep down, he wants them to get the enough money that they need. So regardless of his lashon, we give them all that they need. Okay? Mishnah says like this, Tanan Hasam. The Mishnah says, Haputais, which are kids between the age of 8 and 9, to Bar Mitzvah. On a biblical level, if you're 8 or 9, on a biblical level, if you're eight or nine under bar mitzvah, you're not able to make a sale. Uh, transactions are not capable on a biblical level at such an age. However, as we're going to see in a moment, Chazal um, Chazal uh, accepted or gave credence to um, certain purchases that a eight or nine year old can make. That if they go to the store and buy things, it's legally binding. Now, um, the reason why they did this is just because. If, if that wasn't possible, then kids, it would be too hard for them to function because then every time they go to the store, right, and they give you money and they're buying food just because they want some food for the day, it's not legally binding, so you'd have to then track down their parents and get their permission. It, it was too difficult. So Chazal gave credence to an eight-year, nine-year-old and up that they're able to buy movables. Land, it's obviously not because there's never a need for the enactment, but movables, it's considered a valid sale. So the Mishnah says, Haputa is kids that are eight or nine and up, Mechan Mekach, they're able to make purchases, a memkar and memkar. They're able to sell movables. They're able to do, you know, buy and sell food uh, because, again, Chazal wanted to make it easier for them to function. Now, it says the Gemara, Amr Afram Loishana, when do we accept the sale of a child? El Apatropis. It's only if there's no Apatropis. And Apatropis is a legal. How would you translate Apatropis? The guy who's uh, legally he's in charge of, a, of the estate. The guardian in charge of the estate. Meaning. What a trustee. When there is a trustee in charge of the estate, 
then the, the, the sale is not binding because we assume that the entire power for them to sell is dafka when there's no one in control. But when there's a trustee in control, the sale is not binding. The, only the trustee can make the sale. That's what the Gemara says. So the question is, where is the source for this? That if there's a trustee, it doesn't work. So the Gemara says, well, I'll tell you, our Mishnah, right? What was our Mishnah talking about? Just to remind us, our Mishnah was talking about a case where you have a father before he died takes a trustee, like an apotropos, and specifically tells him to sell a specific land for a certain price. Like, he tells him exactly what to do. So it's not just a trustee, it's a trustee with a, with a directive. And what's the halacha? The halacha is that if the child, if, let's say, the daughter, who is 11 years old, says, listen, I know what my father told you, I'll, I'll sell it. I'll sell it, trust me, I'll sell it. The halacha is, if she tries to sell it, it's not valid. So what do you see? You see that when there's a trustee, a child cannot function, halachically. Oh, that's the source. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Maybe it's different. The case of our mission is not just a trustee. It's a trustee with a directive. Maybe it's dafka. It's not effective when there's a trustee who's told to sell. But when it's a trustee who doesn't have a directive, maybe the child could uh, you know, make purchases and sales. It's not a fair assessment. The Gemara says, no, Im Kane, if that was the case, that it was Dafka, a trustee, that the trustee having a directive makes a difference, then it should say that, listen, the fact that the Lashen of the Mishnah is the child's actions are irrelevant. It's not just that, let the trustee with the directives fulfill the action. The Lashen is, that's the Mishnah's way of telling you that when there's a trustee, when there's a trustee involved, a child cannot affect transactions in any form. That's the extra lashon of Ein Maisekatanaklum. Hajin Allah Metziasa Okay, new parak. There's a, the Mishnah says like this: Hamaderis Right, we know that a husband has to support his wife financially. It's one of the chiyuvim of the ksuba. So let's say the husband makes a vow that you're not allowed to benefit from me. So she's not allowed to take food from him, take money, nothing. Now, the Gemara is going to try to figure out how this works, how is a valid uh, neder, considering it's his responsibility to his wife. So we'll put that aside. But if the, va- if, the, if, the, if the neder is valid, the question is, how do they function as a marriage? Because you can't have a marriage if she can't benefit from him. So the halach is like this. If it's only for 30 days... That's still not grounds for divorce. They can still stay married. I she has to get supported. I mean, there's a couple of things. There's a, after a certain point. After a certain point, we say that this is not a tenable situation. Marriage has to end. Up to thirty days is tenable. It's fine. I she she. she we'll see why thirty days is a significant marker. Past thirty days, it's not functional. But so the question is, but up to thirty days, fine. So the marriage, you don't have to get divorced, but she has to be able to get food. She can't. What do you want her to just not eat? So the halacha is. Yamit Parnas. Until 30 days, you should appoint a, a, a shliach. Meaning, you have a, a, Avram and Sarah are married. Avram made a neder that Sarah can't eat from him. But Sarah's got to get food. So Avram goes to Yitzchak and says to Yitzchak, okay, get, get, make sure my wife's taken care of. So the Gemara is going to have to figure out why is, why is that not just shlichus, right? Why, why, is that, why is that better? Okay, fine, we'll have to figure that out. So, Yamid Shlish, you appoint a Shlish, a, a third person, and he will figure this out. Um, Dad? Dad, can you go open the back door downstairs? The people are outside. Yeah. Or, or someone, just to go downstairs through the back door. Um, thank you. 
I hear them sitting outside. So the Gemara says like this: More than thirty days, you're not allowed to appoint a parnis. More than thirty days, you can't appoint a middleman. More than thirty days, the marriage has to dissolve. Okay. And again, the Gemara is going to try to figure out why this parnes option cannot go more than 30 days. But fine, but 30 days is the max. More than 30 days you get divorced. That's the Tanakhama Shita. Rav Yehuda disagrees. Rav Yehuda says like this, no. Be Yisrael, Rav Yehuda disagrees. He says like this, again, according to the Tanakhama, the max amount of time that you could have this matzav where you appoint a middleman is 30 days. More than 30 days you got to get divorced. Rav Yehuda disagrees. Rav Yehuda says, it depends if he's a Yisrael or a Kayan. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. The difference is we know that if you get divorced, right, if you're Yisrael, you could remarry her. So divorce is not as scary by Yisrael, but for a Kayan where you can't remarry her because she's a divorcee, we want to push off the divorce as much as we can. So the Tanakhama said 30 days is the max of setting up this system. Rav Yehuda disagrees. He says like this, if it's a Yisrael, Two months is the max, meaning up to two months you could stay together with a parnes. More than two months you got to get divorced. If it's a kayan, up to three months. We're going to give you an extra month if you're a kayan because we want to avoid divorce at all times because if you're a kayan and you get divorced, there's no turning back. Okay. That's the first halacha. The second halacha, the Mishnah. <clears throat> if you made a vow that your wife is not allowed to benefit from any of the fruit. Okay? Now... Okay, the, 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 the Pirushim and the Mishnayah say the cases where she made the nether and he was Makayim, it's fine. But Bekitzer, she's not allowed to benefit from any of the fruit of the fields that she owns. Suba, again, that's grounds for divorces. You can't... Um, this is not a tenable situation. Okay. Now, by the way, the, the, the Mepharshim explained, the Taisi explains over here, is a little different because you could survive without getting fruits. Like, why can't she just... The answer is that if he made a nether for her, she knows that this is such. There's so much hatred here that she 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 can't live like this. So it's grounds for divorce. Okay, so it's grounds for divorce. So again, how how long? So Rabbi Yehuda says, if he made the nether for one day, then that's tenable. Two days get divorced, and if it's a kahenes, meaning wife of a kohen, three days. So again, we're going to give more time for a kayan because we know that if they get divorced, there's no turning back. And the last halacha, you make another to your wife, she's not allowed to have any jewelry. So, again, there's grounds for divorce because you can't be in a marriage where the husband is outlawing jewelry on the wife. Yeah, now Rav Yaisi says, how long... How long for uh, for the, the jewelry? I mean, the first opinion just says, I don't care how the length of time. Once you ask her old jewelry on the wife, th- this is not a marriage anymore. Get, get out of here. The IC says, no. Anias shalinas and kitzba. In the case of a poor person where they don't normally wear jewelry, nas and kitzba, you have to get divorced if you just made it, um, you made it uh, indefinitely. Meaning if you didn't give, meaning if you give two months, three months, four months, that's fine because a poor woman is used to not jewelry. But if you say indefinitely, that's grounds for divorce. And Ashir Yishalayim, a wealthy woman, 30 days. Okay, fine. So let's start the first, the first Mishnah's line. The line of the first, the first line of the Mishnah had the halacha, that if you make a neder to your wife, that she's not allowed to benefit from you, she's not allowed to, you know, she's not allowed to get food from you. So the halacha is, 
you appoint a parnas. Up to 30 days, you appoint a parnas. Now, there's a couple things we have to figure out over the next Ahmed. <clears throat> Number one, how is the nether chal? If you're obligated to give your wife food, how is it chal? That's question number one, okay? Question number two, why is the parnes a legit option? Meaning, if you're not allowed to, if, if you're not allowed to feed your wife, then pointing a shliach should, should not accomplish anything. And shayla number three, why is 30 days the max? Those are the three things that we have to figure out. So let's start the Gemara. The Kivan, the Mishuvid law, hechi matzi The Gemara says, question number one, if you're obligated to feed your wife, then how could you make a neda that she's not allowed to eat from you? If that's a chiv that you have, so it's sort of her right, you don't have the right to take that away from her. How do I know this? Right? We had this, we've had this already twice now. We've had the last two Shabbos and we've had this Mishnah. And that is if a woman says, right, the husband gives her food, she gives her earnings. She gives her earnings to the husband. If a woman says, all my earnings are usher to my husband, what's the halacha? You don't have to nullify the vow. Why? Because it's not a valid vow. Why? Because she has to give the earnings to the husband. So it's not her right to take it away. So if she's not allowed to take away the earnings, why is he allowed to take away uh, the stipend? Which is also his responsibility to her. So the Gemara says, Alma, you see from here, keeping the Meshav delay because she has to give the earnings to the husband. She doesn't have the right to take it away from him because it's considered his right, not hers. Hachanami, so too, when it comes to the stipend, keeping the Meshuvah once he has to give her the stipend, and then how is he how is he able to make the nether? How is it So the Gemara says, Well, I'll tell you how it could be chal. Go to the next page. The Gemara argues like this. The Gemara feels, what's the question? The question is, he has to give her food every week. If he has to give her food, then how could he take it away? It's a chiv of his. How could he make another to not give it? So the Gemara feels like this. The Gemara feels that he actually doesn't have to give the earnings, to give the, to give the stipend. He could say to the wife, keep your earnings, and in, I won't take your earnings, and then I won't feed you. Meaning, normally it's a two-way street. He gives her stipend, she gives him earnings. So the Gemara says he doesn't actually have to do that. He could just say to her, keep your earnings, keep your, get a job, whatever you make in the job, that'll be your food. So the Gemara says because he can do that, now the Gemara feels like this. If he were to actually verbalize that, no question, he could, he could make the nether. Because he's telling her, I'm not giving you food, but I'm not taking your earnings. Straight up. That's fine. The Gemara is saying the Chiddush over here is even though he didn't verbalize that, he didn't actually speak that out, it's Ki'ilu he said it. Okay, now, so the Gemara at first thought that the Chiv of the husband is an automatic, and now we're saying no, the Chiv of the, of the husband is in lieu of him getting earnings. So like the first thing is he gets the earnings. But now, if he chooses to not get the earnings, he doesn't have to give the stipend. Which again, other Tanoim disagree with. This is obviously following the view that the, the first thing that started is the earnings. Correct. 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 Now here's the question the Gemara says. The Gemara says, but he didn't say that, right? Now here's also the problem. Here's the kasha. So you're telling me that because the husband can just say to her, I'm not giving you, I'm not taking the earnings, I'm not taking your stipend, meaning we're cut off from each other. And even though he doesn't verbalize it, it's Kilu he did, and that's why he can make another, then why doesn't it work the opposite? We just quoted a Mishnah, which we've had over the last two Shabbosim. The woman cannot say to the husband, my earnings are also to you. 
Why? Because yeah, she has to give the earnings. Why can't she say the same thing? I'm not giving you the earnings, but I'm not taking a stipend. <laughs> What's the answer? The answer is, we don't say it's Ki'ilu you said it. It doesn't work like that. So the Gemara says, you're right. Ella, let's see my The case is, the, the Gemara says, it's not where he said to her, you know, it's not where he's like, Ki'ilu, he said no. He actually said to her, I am not taking your earnings, but I'm not giving you a stipend. And that works. It's not Ki'ilu he said it. He actually did verbalize it. Okay. Now, see, here's the question. Fine. So, the, okay, so we had a question, which is, how is the nether chal if it's a chiv of his? And the answer is, it's not a chiv of his. He doesn't actually have to give her anything. If, if he verbalizes and says, I'm not giving you the stipend, but I'm not taking the earnings, that's fair. Now, what we're not going to say, it's kilu he said, or no, he actually has to verbalize that I'm not doing it. And that's fine. That's fair. Now, here's the second question. So if he has a way of cutting her off halachically, why does he have to appoint a parnas? Right? You're saying that he's cutting her off because she has earnings. So he's fulfilling his responsibility of feeding her by not taking her earnings, by not taking her salary. Okay. Then the Mishnah says, when this nether is chal, he has to appoint like a middleman. Why? If she has enough money from her earnings, right? he has a responsibility to feed his wife. He has two ways of doing that. He could actually give her a stipend, or he could just not take her earnings. So we're saying the method is he's not taking her earnings. So he's fulfilling his responsibility. Therefore, he could cut her off by the stipend because he doesn't have to take the, give a stipend. He could just cut her off her earnings. So, okay, fine. So he cuts her off. Perfect. But he has to appoint a trustee to give her food. Why? <laughs> if her earnings covers it, he shouldn't have to give her anything. If the earnings are not covering it, then he ha- then, then the nether's not chal, right? The nether's only chal... If he's able to fulfill her responsi- his responsibility of feeding his wife by not taking her earnings. So he says, okay, yeah, that's the case. He's not taking her earnings. He's fulfilling his responsibility. Fine. But he has to appoint a trustee. Why? Why does he have to appoint anybody? What's the purpose of that? So the Gemara says, Yelki Parnas Lamali. The answer is, Delay Svaka. The answer is, the reason why you need a Parnas is because her earnings doesn't cover her stipend. Meaning, her stipend, how much she eats every week is $100. He's not giving her $100, but he's not taking her salary. But how much is her salary? 75 so he has to appoint a trustee to cover the $25. But then if he has to cover the $25, then the nether is not chal. The nether is only chal if he's fulfilling his responsibility by not taking her salary. If he's not fulfilling his responsibility because his salary doesn't match her earnings, doesn't match her stipend, then what does the trustee help? We're back to the same problem. The answer is, The answer is, her salary covers the big stuff in her life. It just doesn't cover the small niceties. Meaning, a stipend is, you know, let's say uh, bread and flour and barley. That's all covered by the, the salary. But the salary does not cover ketchup and the nice, you know, the additive stuff. So you appoint the partners to cover the additives. But, but, but you're, still, you're still not... Rene- you're not uh, reneging on your responsibility because the salary does cover the big stuff. So the Gemara said, but wait a minute. If she comes from a family that she's accustomed to the small niceties, then that's his responsibility also, right? How much does a husband have to give his wife? He has to give her whatever she's accustomed to. So if she's accustomed to the small things, then he's still you know, neglig- negligent in his responsibility. And if he, she's not accustomed to it, then what do you need a partner for? It's back to the original problem, which is like, you know, you, you should only have to have a partner if, if, you're, if you're being negligent in your responsibility. If you're negligent in your responsibility, that is nachal. So the Gemara says... 
The answer is, she was accustomed to the niceties at her father's house when she was single. When she got married, she was willing to forego the niceties because the husband was taking care of her. Now that the husband is choosing not to give her a stipend anymore, now she says, I want to go back to, I want, I want that again. So he's not being negligent because for the last five years of their marriage, she's not used to the small niceties. So he's not being negligent. But because he's cutting her off, she says, now I want to go back to the way it was when I was single, and now you have to appoint a parnas. Okay. So the question is, how is the nether chal? The case is, I, he's responsible to give a stipend. The answer is, he's... Not taking, not giving a stipend, but he's not taking her salary. Okay, I. Uh, so what do you need a parnas for? You need a parnas to cover the small niceties. Fine. Okay. So far, so good. Why thirty days? Why can't you go ten years like this? If if you have a parnas who's taking care of her, who's buying her stuff, who's giving her food, then why is thirty days the max? So the Gemara says, Ad lamed yoyim the Gemara says the reason why 30 days is the max is because up to 30 days she can keep it private from her friends. After 30 days her friends are going to find out about it. It's going to be embarrassing and then it's not tenable. Meaning once the marriage is no longer op- viable, we have to, we get them divorced. Up to 30 days you could have this parness without anybody finding out. Once it's 30 days, people are already going to find out no good. So therefore, the question was, how is Nenechal, the cases where he's not taking the stipend, but he's, he's not giving the stipend, but he's not taking the salary, and 30 days is how long she can keep this under wraps. Okay. Iba another answer. Shehadira Kishi Rusa, another answer. We had a question, which is, how is Nenechal if he's responsible to feed her? So we had our answer that he's not taking the salary. I have another answer. What if they're not married yet? They're not fully married yet. It's just Kedushin. It's after Kedushin. So, the reason why the net is chal is because he doesn't have to feed her yet. So the Gemara says, well, if he doesn't have to feed her, then why is, then what are we talking about? The answer is, this is talking about how the wedding, remember we've had this in the first Ahmed, they would have a 12-month gap between Kedushan and Nisu, and then after 12 months, if he postpones the wedding, he has to feed her. So the case is, it's been 12 months and he postponed it. So technically, he does have to feed her, but it's not his responsibility, the Ksuba. So the net is chal, Right, so the nether is chal because he's not reneging on his chiyuve ksuba because he doesn't have the ksuba yet. But what, what are we talking about food yet? If they're, if they're not fully married, the answer is the, we're at the postponed era. This marriage, by the way, is, is not going to work. I can tell you. I was just thinking that they've already postponed it and he's already made a nether. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm a romantic. So so it's been twelve months. They postponed it. So the, in the time period where he has to now rabbinically start feeding her, and he cut her off. Okay, so now here's the question, though. The Gemara says, Oh, here's the kasha, though. First shot of the Gemara, right? Why, how is the nether chal? They're already fully married. So the answer is, he's not taking her salary. But then we said, well, if they're already fully married, he's not taking the salary, why 30 days the max? The answer is, for 30 days, she can keep it under wraps. After that, it's embarrassing. Okay. New answer is that they're not fully married yet. And they're in the postponement era. So now, why is 30 days significant? What are you afraid? That people are going to find out? They're not married yet. It's not embarrassing if he's not 
But half the people don't even know about this concept. Meaning, when they're, if you're telling me the Gemara is that they're fully married, so I get 30 days being the max, because that's the point where she, at that point, she's embarrassed. But if now you're telling me they're not fully married, this is in the postponement time period of the Kedushan, their fiancé, and it's postponed. So why is 30 days significant? You can say, oh, past 30 days, it's embarrassing. Everyone knows they're not married yet. So what's the, what's the difference? So the answer is 30 days is significant for another reason. The answer is very simple. Past 30 days, you can't trust this guy to continue his job. Meaning, we have a tradition that a shliach will do his job for 30 days. After that, it's already, this is, it's getting too much. So the reason why 30 days is the max is not because of embarrassment, it's because past 30 days, I don't trust that the parnes will continue buying her food on time. After 30 days, he'll start forgetting, he'll come late, up to, that's why it's not tenable. So 30 days is just a practical amount. Past 30 days, a shliach will no longer do his shlichus. Okay. The Gemara says, Viva Yisema, another answer, Shadir Kishi Eris of Vinissus. A third answer. How could the Nedabi Chal, I, he has responsible to feed her. So answer number one is that he's not taking her salary. Answer number two is they're not fully married. Answer number three is that he made the nether after Kedushin, but now they got married. So it's not the postponed era. It's, he made the nether during Kedushin, and then they got married. So he's not feeding her. Here's the kasha, though. The kasha says, the Gemara says, Hasvara v'kivla. Here's the kasha. Yeah, uh, if you marry a girl, yeah, and before you get married, you, you get the rabbi together, yeah, before the marriage, and you say to her, listen, I'm getting married to you on condition I'm not feeding you at all. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. So she, she can't have a taina. She knew what she was getting herself into. So one second, so 30 days of the max, why, why? What are we talking about? If, you, if she got married knowing what the deal was, he, she was mekabel kedushin, I'll t- meaning she, she went to the chuppah with that understanding. So the Gemara answers, the answer is we find by a mum let's say you have a guy who has a certain disease yeah I don't know he's got uh, multiple sclerosis some you know some debilitating disease I don't want to pick a disease whatever he's got a debilitating disease if they get married and she doesn't know about it then she finds out that could be a mekachtois marriage is over the halach is more than that let's say she knows about it she knows about it and she says I'll take care of you a week into the marriage, she realizes, I didn't realize what taking care of someone that's a cripple entails. The halacha is, that's also grounds for divorce, meaning she could undo the marriage also. That's enough for her to say, yaitzi vidin ksuba, she could force the divorce because we say she didn't realize what she was getting herself into. So the Gemara says the same thing over here, meaning when she was mekabel, the chuppah, she said, I'll do it on condition, I understand that you're not feeding me, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I, if that's the case, then what's the problem? Then why do you have to have a parnas? Just, you know, she knew what she was getting. The answer is, she didn't realize, we say the same way by a mum, we say she didn't know what she was getting herself into. So to over here, with a lack of parnasa, she also, we also say she didn't know what she was getting herself into. The Gemara says, wait a minute. The Gemara says, no, no, we, don't find, we only find that by uh, physical ailments, we find such a concept. We don't find that by when it comes to money. Meaning, yes, someone gets married to someone who's a cripple, she didn't realize what she was getting herself into, that's grounds for divorce. But all of a sudden, you're just going to apply it to everything? No, we don't find that. Therefore, reject this answer, we're going to go with the first two. The first two are much better. Okay. Now, here's the Gemara's kasha until the end of the Amit, and that is, so he's not allowed to feed her. But he's appointing a shliach. So that's a problem. <laughs> if anytime you can't do something, 
you can't appoint a shliach. That's the whole problem of Amir La'akam, right? The whole premise, according to Rashi in, in Shabbos, says the whole issue of Amir La'akam, without the heterim, the whole issue of Amir La'akam is that if I'm not allowed to be Mechal Shabbos, I can't ask a guy because he's my shliach. If you're not allowed to do something, you can't just appoint somebody to do it. There's no such a thing. So if, if he's not allowed to feed his wife, then why is the parnis able to? So the Gemara says... Parnas uh, isn't the parnas just doing the shliach of the of the husband? If the husband can't feed, then the shliach shluchay shaladum kamaisay. The shliach also can't feed. So the gemara answers, "Amar Avuna ba'omer kolazan inem afsid." The answer is, this is getting into shtickle close to Amir Lakam also, and that is, you don't tell him to feed her. You say kolazan inem afsid, which is the hinting. You know, do like the Shabbos hinting. You know, I can't turn the, I can't sleep with the light on. Kolazan inem afsid. Whoever feeds my wife, it's not a bad thing. So because you're not actually verbalizing, I want you to do it, we're mekel. Now, the Gemara is going to ask a couple of cases. When it comes to Shabbos, we don't find that that's, all, that's not allowed, by the way, when it comes to Shabbos. There's only one time when it comes to Shabbos that it's allowed, that we find that if you say, whoever does this, that's not a bad thing, and that's when there's a fire. Whoever puts out the fire, that's not a bad thing. That's the only time. But if, let's say, you want to cook food on Shabbos, you know, you want to put food in the oven, you go over to a guy and you're like, whoever puts food in the oven, it's not a bad thing. It's not allowed. So the question is, why over here is it allowed? That's what we'll do with it. So the Gemara says, Kolazan ene mafsin. The chiyomer hachi lav shlichus avid. That's still shlichus. Well, it's not. The Mishnah says, Mishayim mushlich babar. If you have a guy in a pit, and, he, and he's afraid he's going to die, and he wants to divorce his wife because he doesn't want his wife to do yibam, Vomer, kolashimeh kolayichnev get lishtoi. He says, whoever hears this voice, writing, uh, should write, uh, writing a gift from my wife is not a bad thing, right? So, you know, whoever hears my voice, write the get. They could write it. Why? Because they're shluchim. What do you see? Even though it's not a direct command, he's just saying, whoever hears this, that's considered a shlichus. That's appointing a shlich. So, over here, call a zon in a mafsid. That's a shlich. So the Gemara says, no, hachi hasha, hasagmari yichtev, hachami kamar yazan. Now, the answer is over there. He used the verb, he used the verb yichtev, write. Over here, I never said feed. I said whoever does, it's not bad. I never said feed. I never used the verbiage of the uh, of the command. Over there, he used the lashon command yichtov. That's the problem. Over here, he never used the lashon of a command. He just said whoever does it, it's not bad. Okay. So the Gemara says, of ami Here's the halacha. I told you, we find this concept that, that you say, whoever does this is not bad. It's allowed when it comes to Shabbos, when it comes to a fire. The reason is because they're makel, because they knew that if they didn't allow you to get the guy to put it out in such a way, you would put it out yourself because you're losing your entire house. So we find by a guy on Shabbos, if there's a fire, you could say, whoever puts out the fire is not a bad thing. The Gemara says, the implication is, it's only mutter over there. In other scenarios, it's not allowed because it is shlichus. So why over here is it allowed? So the Gemara says, My lovely music I got, no love music Shari's room to Shabbos. The answer is no. Over here it's talk aloud. I over there it says it's only mutter by a fire. Means when it comes to the laws of Shabbos, that's the only time it's mutter. The other malachas, it's not allowed. It's a special stringency by Shabbos that that's considered shlichus. Meaning, if you say that Lashon of whoever does this is not bad, in general that's fine. That's not considered shlichus because you didn't give a command. By Shabbos, we're machmer by a guy. The only time it's allowed is by a fire. Okay. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, Masiv Rava, so you're telling me that if you want to feed your wife, but you made a neder, what you should say is, whoever feeds my wife, it's not bad. Whoever feeds my wife, it's not bad. That's what you got to say. Whoever feeds my wife, it's not bad. That's the only lotion that's allowed. Here's the problem. Masiv Rava, Rava Sakasha. Hamudr Hanami Chaveroi, Ve'ilam Very simple problem. You have Reuven and Shimon, yeah? 
Reuven makes a nether that he's not allowed to give money to Shimon at all. So Shimon is cut off from Reuven. But here's the problem. Shimon's really poor and he needs money. Reuven wants to give him money, but Reuven made a nether. So what does he do? So, he goes to Wasserman's, he goes to Brach, so he goes to Wasserman's, yeah, and, and he knows that Shimon, you know, goes to Wasserman's all the time. And he tells the guy at Wasserman's, Listen, I got this guy over here, I want to give him food, but he's, I made a nether, I don't know what to do. So if you don't tell him, that's it, you just tell him that. So what does the guy from Wasserman's do? Who knows in loy? Well, the guy from Wasserman's gives Shimon the food. And then he goes to Reuben and he says, hey, uh, I have a bill for you. So you, you sort of, you avoided, you understand, you got the middleman to do it without actually verbalizing it. So the Gemara says, Over here, you didn't even say whoever feeds him is not bad. So this is even like better. This is, this is, you said to him, you said to him, I don't know what to do. So the implication is that if you're not allowed to say the lotion of whoever feeds him is okay, it's not a bad thing. Because, again, the Mishnah is saying with your wife, how do, you, how do you get it? How do you get the money to her? So you say, you tell a guy, whoever feeds her is not bad. Over here, you have to get the food to Shimon. You don't say that. What do you say? You say, I don't know what to do. So the implication is, you're not allowed to say, you're not allowed to say the lotion of whoever feeds him is not bad. Because if you were allowed to, then the Brisa would say that option. The fact that the Brisa does not mention that Lushin implies that it's not a legitimate option. So the Gemara says, Loi, Loi be boy come. No, no, the answer is it's Pasha that you could say, the Lushin of our Mishnah, which is whoever feeds is not bad, is Pasha that's allowed. Over there it's in the Adachidish. Why? Now over there... It's posh to go over to someone and say, whoever feeds my wife is not bad. Posh that's allowed. What's the chiddush over there? The chiddush over there is you're going to Wasserman's. You're going to the place that he shops. You're telling the guy that he's going to interact with. I don't know what to do. You might think that that's not allowed. Kamash Malan, it's allowed. But the fact that the Brisa did not give an option, the fact that the Brisa did not give an option, it does not mean saying Kolzani and Amafsid is not allowed. It, it's saying an added chiddush, that you're allowed to go over to the guy at Wasserman's who feeds him and say, I don't know what to do, and that's still allowed. But if you go over to a random guy and just say, whoever feeds Shimon is not a bad thing, that's partial allowed. That's partial. Now let's just finish up the Maisa. The Gemara is now going to quote this, uh, this Gufa, this, this Brisa. If Reuven cut Shimon off, and Shimon doesn't have any food, so Reuven wants to give him tzedakah, but he has no option of getting it to him. So he goes to Wasserman's, and he goes to the place that Shimon shops. And he says, Shimon is cut off from me. I don't know what to do. You don't tell, that's all you say. So who nice and nice? The guy from Wasim gives him the food. And he goes to Reuven to take the money. Okay, similarly, Shimon, instead of being poor, Shimon needs to build a house. He needs to build a fence. He needs to reap the field. But again, but he was cut off from Reuven. Reuven wants to give him workers, but he can't. So what does he do? So Reuven goes to workers that normally work for Shimon. He says the same portion, which is, you know, that guy's cut off. I don't know what to do. And they're going to go work. They'll work for him. They'll build his house and they'll go to Reuven and pay. And Reuven will pay. Similarly, okay, you have Reuven and Shimon are traveling together. And again, Reuven cut Shimon off, but Shimon has no food. So, so you find a third guy that's walking in the street, and you say, here, 
here, this food to you is a gift. Yeah? And then that guy will just naturally give it to the third guy. You play a game. Now, let's say there is no other third guy, right? It's just Reuben and Shimon on the, on the road. There's no one else there. Reuben wants to give Shimon food, but he already made a nether. So what do you do? You know what you do? You put it on a rock, and you say, Hefker. This food is Hefker. And then Shimon will take it. Now, here's the kasha. Rav Yaisi Aiser. Rav Yaisi disagrees. This is no good. You can't do that. Why? It's a gzera because of the story of Beis Charen. The story of Beis Charen was as follows. The story of Beis Charen was that you have a guy who basically wanted, he was making a chasana, his kid's chasana. He wanted his father to come, which is the grandfather of the chasana. The problem is the grandfather of the chasana had already gotten a fight and he made a nether that he can't uh, benefit from each other. So what does he do? He gives the wedding hall, he goes to the wedding hall, he goes to a third party, and he says, everything in this wedding hall is a gift to you, on condition that you let my father come. So the guy's like, I don't know why this guy would do this. Again, we all understand when he said it's a gift to this third guy, he's not actually wanting to give him all these items. He's doing this because he wants his father to come to the wedding. But what did the third guy do? He said, if everything here is a gift for me, it's all hegdish. Everything at the wedding is hegdish. I don't know why. People are crazy. It's all hegdish. So now, because of that, it brings into question, the gift was not a real gift, right? See, he claims the gift was not a real gift. So he says, so why would you say it's a gift? I made it hegdish. You, know, you understand. So because of this, Rav Yossi disagrees, because what's happening over here? Reuben and Shimon are traveling. Reuben wants to give Shimon food, but, Shimon made, but Shimon's also to him. So what does he do? He puts on the floor, he says, Hefker. He doesn't actually want it to be Hefker, right? right? If a fourth guy were to come by, and be like, oh, it's Hefker, can I have it? He'd say, no, 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 it's actually, it, it's, it's for Shimon. So when you said Hefker, you didn't mean Hefker, you meant, I want to give it to Shimon. So Rav Yossi disagrees, because Rav Yossi says, but you see from that story that if you're going to say something that's actually, that you mean to be universally accepted, it has to, you have to actually mean it. The same way that guy didn't actually mean that the wedding hall was a gift, he was just trying to play a game. So to over here, you don't mean Hefker, you want to give it to Shimon. Because if someone else were to come, you wouldn't be happy that they took the chocolate milk. You want to give it to Shimon. It doesn't work. You can't say Hefker if you don't actually mean it. That's Rebbe Yossi Shita. All right, stop here. That's a good child. Well, I guess...